Welcome back to the Gathering Podcast. I'm Travis. And I'm Will. And we're back for part two. Part two of one another. If you didn't uh, get a listen to part one, please check that out. That's episode 43. One another. Part one from last month. And uh, we're going to finish out that um, topic. Yeah. So as promised, uh, we honestly sat down last month and thought, wow, this is not even going to fill our full episode. <laughs> we were thinking like, oh, this is a, a thir- you know, 25, 30 minute max um, outline. Instead, we only made it halfway through, maybe a little more, but. I'll give a quick recap. And it, and and it still we'll ended up in. being almost 50 yeah. minutes long. <laughs> that's, that's what everyone likes. Uh, so quick recap is just the term one another in scripture is alelon, uh, and All alone? All alone is the joke you made last month. So. Is it? Man. <laughs> I'm, I'm so Where I said it means funny. the exact opposite of all alone. Um, in English, it is one another, two words. In Greek, it is one word. And so a quick study uh, or uh, looking into this word in the Greek, in the New Testament, it popped up that there's a hundred times it's used in 94 verses. And just a quick recap here, 51 of those hundred times were used in some sort of command or instruction given to Christians and how they should be treating one another. And so last month we looked at two of the categories that we can break them down into. We looked at love and one third of the commands given to were to love one another. And then another one third was to basically get along with one another. So it was love and unity. And now we're going to jump into the other two topics. um, One being humility and then the other just like a catch-all. Um, so not really a, a topic, but a, a catch-all. So um, jumping into humility, we'll try to make this one a little bit shorter for you. Um, there are about 12% of the one another commands were given uh, had to do with humility and like this attitude of respect among each other. And so uh, there are four that I want to, you know, Four verses, four, four categories. One in John thirteen fourteen, stress this idea of that we should wash one another's feet. So the verse actually reads this: If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Now, Trav, I know that this is. Uh, I, I've seen some people literally take this verse and as an act of service, um, or maybe just an expression of what it means and they would f- actually like start washing people's feet and now, I, do and you I, think I've that's also, what it means today I, i've also seen people literally wash each other's feet but do it symbolically right right so, so, I like, so, a, so like a wedding or something like that you know so that's what i mean so is this something today it has more symbolic meaning or should i actually be washing people's feet at church um, if you come to wash my feet at church, it's probably not going to be okay. welcomed so well. <laughs> Too ticklish. So okay. it's funny. Uh, Jess, Jess and I were watching a, um, just a couple interesting videos on um, 
denominations and uh there was there was one that was talking about it was a more of a down south type of thing but it was talking about handling serpents and right. it's like there's one there's i think there's one verse there's one the entire- verse and it's it's actually omitted in many of the manuscripts <laughs> so is it really yeah. even in there yeah is yeah it, scholars don't know yeah exactly <laughs> and uh and yet there's there's people who will uh who who will handle poisonous vipers uh, even to the death because many of them have been bitten several times and uh, yeah. And they do that in, in church all because of one supposed verse in scripture. It's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, no, not, not at all. I don't think this is, um, I mean, if, if in fact scripture is, to stand the test of time, right? Then there are many immediate cultural things that we need to look at the heart of it over the physical, sure, actual, you know, um, action. <clears throat> um, yes. Yeah, so, so in, in if, I mean, because because if that's so, then you know we can't. We well, if it if it if to if to show my humility, the only. If the way to show my humility is to wash somebody's feet, then I can't ever be humble in the midst of someone with no feet, right? <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Like, <laughs> so I don't think that's that's the heart of it at all. Yeah. So, so some cultural context here in the Middle East. Um, I mean, they had sandals. Everything was dirty and dusty. I mean, so the act of washing someone's foot is something that was basically needed in the time. It was, yeah. It was, and it was, I mean, a, it was a dirty that, job. People, that's that's what people did was wash their feet when yeah. they you know when they came into a, a, someone's new house or, right you know whatever so, so what would if anything comes to mind is there anything today that would meet that same symbolism or is it just a, a command to serve one another in general i mean i could Tight, I could follow, shoes. i could follow you into the commode and wash your hands <laughs> after you're done yes thank you <laughs> Right, so so I guess it's I mean in light of the other um, one another verses here that we're looking at under humility and counting others more significant, it's just to serve one another. I think so. I mean, there is here serve one another. Galatians five thirteen says, "For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another." And Ephesians five twenty one. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, like you're giving yourself over to somebody else. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and again, I think Christ references so many times. Like, I think the heart, one of the heartbeats of Christ's message is that it that all of these things relate to your heart, right? <laughs> and so if you're <clears throat> If, uh, you know, if you're taking some of these things literal, then you can quite literally remove the, the heart change, the emotional right, aspect yeah. of doing things like serving one another. If, if serving one another is just act ABC, then you can do act ABC and your heart's not in it. Um, yeah. And so, that's a, I mean, that's a good segue going into the next two here for humility. One one thing I want to say first is in our last podcast, 
we reference that we're supposed to greet each other with a holy kiss, which the kissing part is cultural, geographical that we don't see or, sure. or do today. But the heart message there is we are to sincerely greet one another and sure. mean it. And so, yeah. so here, the same thing, maybe we're not supposed to literally be washing someone's feet, but we are to serve one another. And then the, the heart attitude of serving is found in these next two. So it says to um, honor one another. Romans 12, 10 says, love one another with a brotherly affection and outdo one another in showing honor. Like, like it's a, it's a yeah. battle. Like I'm going to, I'm going to win. Yeah. Like, no, I'm going to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, I mean, uh, we, we do live in a, <laughs> this is fun cause we do live in a competitive, um, time competitive age <clears throat> where it's all about who can do it the best. And so if you're thinking about, you know, honoring someone and, and outdo one another in showing honor, um, just living in that competitive vibe with that, that, that could be, that could be kind of fun. I mean, it could be taken right. in a fun way, uh, and yet still be held reverent, I think. Yeah. Num- and, uh, number four here for humility is to count others more significant than yourselves. Yeah. So in Philippians two, uh, verse three, it says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And again, in First uh, Peter 5, verse 5, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves. All you do with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And that's a tough one, too, because... Um, like as as an older i'm not going to say elder necessarily <laughs> uh uh but i guess i guess that is kind of where the how it's using the word elder so um you know i'm a parent i'm older than my kids so yeah. i'm i'm an elder i guess in that respect and so uh m- one of my goals is i want to teach and educate my kids in every way possible so that they can grow beyond where I am at 38. So I hope that when they're pushing 40, that they're leaps and bounds beyond me in knowledge and, um, and wisdom, I guess. And so even the, even that, you know, can become difficult. Uh, my, Many people our age were the, you know, our, a lot of our parents never went to college. Right. And we did go to college, but yet God is telling us to stay humble and, and remain subject to the elders. That can be a lot difficult. And not saying that I, I'm definitely not one to say that college is, <clears throat> by any way it means to show that you're more intelligent than anyone because I don't think it has anything to do with intelligence rather but um but there is a lot of things that you can learn that other people don't learn you know right, and yeah. and uh even even technology wise you know um there's 
there are things that in this life, my kids are going to know way more about um, regarding technology than I do um, as a barely mil- uh, millennial but wannabe Gen Xer. I'm not very good with technology. And so, uh, you know, it, it, my, my kids have surpassed me in that. And so like, I'm sure it's going to be a challenge to them to show me respect in that way. When I'm constantly asking them, Hey, how do you do (laughs) this? Come get my phone. And how do you send this message? Maybe there won't be phones when you're that old. Yeah, yeah. So that's like a practical aspect. <laughs> that, you know, that's a practical aspect. But then even, you know, imagine you're, <clears throat> imagine you're a first-time follower in your family or first-generation follower. Right, or yeah. even even if you're a second or third generation, but yet, you know, um, your family's been more the just – go to church, go through the motions type of thing. And now you're, you're stepping into a real deep relationship with God. And how do you, um, how do you maintain that position of being subject to your elders when your, your elders are asking you for information or advice on how to work through those things? It, it can be, a, it can be a, an extreme challenge. It's not just, yeah, it can be an extreme challenge. Absolutely. And in light of the other two categories of love and unity, I mean, we see how somehow (laughs) all three of these work together. Like, like you cannot love each other and have unity if you don't first have humility. Sure. Cause I'm not going to in, in unity and in love, there's a part of, there's sacrifice, right? It's putting someone else first sometimes. And in unity, sometimes I have to lose an argument that is not important so that we right. can maintain unity in a relationship. Right. And so I do that all the time with my wife. And you should. Ninety five percent of the time you should be I <laughs> losing the so, argument. So all the times I just, <laughs> if she's if she's listening, I just want her to know that, you know, ninety nine percent of the time that she's quote unquote right. It's because you're allowing her to be. It's because I'm allowing her to be. I'm just, <laughs> now that's I'm humility. To, I'm trying finance. to be humble. And <laughs> no, I, I did hear someone say that though the other day in talking about husband and wife relationships. Like, if we are supposed to love our wife like Christ loves them, then we are to sacrifice. And part of sacrifice is losing the arguments on purpose mm-hmm. <laughs> and not going, it's because I lost. And I, will, <laughs> I, and, I chose and, to lose. And I will maintain that I. Yeah, 99% of the time. Lose those arguments on purpose. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so that wraps up uh, the love, unity, and humility, uh, one another commands. The rest here, there's 10 that I kind of categorized that are just, they don't necessarily fall into one of those categories that I didn't see. Maybe you would disagree, but um, they're just kind of standalone, make sure you're doing this type of stuff, and it Number one is uh, do not judge one another or put a stumbling block um, in your brother's way. So Romans 14, 13 says, Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. Now, there is a time and place for right judgment, Scripture says. Yeah. 
And so I'm not going to, if you're, if I see something wrong in your life or you're walking away, I'm, I think out of love and unity and with humility, I should be confronting you. Sure. Um, and we should expect that and we should expect that and receive it without being offended. You know, like this is. Yeah. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and I, I think that, uh, I, I don't know if there is because I haven't <laughs> I, I haven't really looked this up but I would I would imagine that there are um, more than one ways to interpret this judge mm-hmm. um, or at least in different ways that, that it was used right sometimes sure. you can't always go back to the Greek word and know what it means right I mean we we do this we have the same thing if, if we went back to the Latin root in everything for the English English language. I mean, English words mean different things at different. <laughs> yeah, times. yeah, exactly, yeah. and and that's that's a theme with all cultures and all languages. So, um, if you're always going back to the root of a word um, to define it when you're reading scriptures, it's not always going to fit because there were cultural ways that some of these words were used, and if you're not placing it in that context. And so when we look at judge, you know, um, that's, that's a word that we think we can interpret directly into English because that's a big thing. Don't judge me, you know, whatever. Um, but, but I, I I really, I really don't believe that this is the way in which it's used in, in scripture, at least in this point, because you're looking at, um, not judging one another and don't put a stumbling block in your brother's way. But, uh, I guess I, I kind of I I I lost like, my place. Yeah, there, so, so, I mean, just some of the one another commands up in our unity section are, um, be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving, uh, telling the truth to one another. Like part of truth telling is going, Hey, you're going off the deep end. I mean, I mean, there's, so there's a, right, right. I think it, it is a lot of times taken out of context as a, don't, don't show me my wrongs. You can't judge me. And a lot of times it's by non-Christians. Like sure. you, you can't say that. Oh yeah. You yeah. can't judge me. But I think what it, what it gets to in the essence here is a final judgment. We cannot give a final judgment. You slip up once you're gone forever sort of thing. Like, sure. Well, and there's and and there's other reference points even from this very author um, discussing times in which we do need to judge absolutely. One so, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, but I think one of the things is is not to put a stumbling block. Now, here's the problem with that: when you look at stumbling block, um, how many times do we make stumbling blocks out of something that's never intended? That there to shouldn't be? be, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh. Um, I mean, I, I've heard time after time people discuss, um, should Christians have cell phones because cell phones are easy access to pornography yeah. and it's a stumbling block. Well, yeah, but we also need to exist in the world. You know right. what I mean? Like, uh, should, <laughs> yeah, I could go on as, is you know, should, should Mary have sat on a donkey, uh, you know, to, because 
Um, she, you know, should they have been using donkeys because donkeys could get you to another place faster and, or, or better yet, don't use a donkey because, uh, donkeys are known for, uh, violently killing wolves and coyotes. And so they're, uh, all wild rough. I mean, you could go on and on and on, you know what I'm saying? Like this is a rabbit hole. You could keep digging yourself. Well, but when you look at a yeah. stumbling block, like part of that is you need to have relationships with people prior to any of that that are you mentioned uh not taking up an offense um there's a <clears throat> there's a book i just got i haven't started it yet but it's um i did go through a uh a bible study on the the bible app with some local gentlemen and uh it was over this book unoffendable um by who's the author again where is it uh, by uh, Brant Hansen and uh, it's it's essentially saying like there, there's a lot of things that can create an offense that a lot of ways in which essentially that you can turn something into a stumbling block that was never intended to be a stumbling block and completely divide um you from other people, separate you from other people, create a wedge or, or pile a wedge into, um, other, uh, into relationships with people. And so in not doing that, we have to make sure that we're building relationships first with people that are in a way, um, unoffendable (laughs) so that we can be honest and open, not in a judging manner, but in a manner of, um, you know, so that we can be honest with each other without needing to worry about incidentally creating something that is turned into a stumbling block. Right. And, and in context here as well, this is out of chapter uh, Romans 14, the beginning of Romans 14, it's talking about not, yeah, I'll, I'll just read a portion here to you. It says, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but do not quarrel over opinions so it's telling us not to quarrel over opinions or or disputable matters or open-handed theology it's saying there are there's a saying here it goes in the essentials unity in the non-essentials liberty and in all things harmony so i mean so because there's going to be differences of opinion on certain doctrines and how we should go about certain order in the church or anything like that and this all comes back to the other all the topics here of, of one another's of love and unity and humility but in context here it's saying like one person might eat this and think it's right the other person might not eat that and think it's right and scripture in romans 14 it doesn't say one person's right and one person's wrong it says each should be convinced in their own mind and honor god in it yeah so I'm not going to judge you for something you think you're doing right unless it's one of those essential, like, is this salvific? Like, sure. You're not going to go to heaven if you don't sure. believe this. Well, the funny thing is, too, is like as we grow in our relationship yeah. with God um, and even in our knowledge and, and um, understanding of Scripture, those a lot of those things tend to change anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, uh, I, I was a firm believer that tattoos were wrong. <laughs> and then, uh, 
I guess it doesn't matter how, but <laughs> now, now I, now I, I believe differently and, um, and I can support that in scripture. Uh, same thing, you know, Revelations. Gr- growing up, uh, you know, growing up, I was, I thought that alcohol was wrong and, um, and I would look at scripture through that lens and support that through with scripture. And now, now it turns out only too much alcohol. Is wrong. <laughs> right. Like, so <laughs> like, okay. Um, and so a lot of these, a lot of these things, again, not core issues, but we just have to be careful um, how we, how we stand behind things because sometimes we're standing behind ourselves and not necessarily we're using scripture yeah. to stand behind ourselves instead of using scripture to um, lift one another up. Yeah. So it, as much as it depends on us to live at peace with each other, also Romans, let's not pass a final judgment on somebody and let's not put a stumbling block to something that is non-essential, that isn't salvific. Uh, moving on, other commands. So we already talked about this a little bit. Um, greet one another with a holy kiss. There's four commands in scripture that talk about that. So I think just making sure that we are hospitable, that we are sincerely welcoming people. Um, number three there, the specific to marriage, husbands and wives, do not deprive one another of physical intimacy. So amen. Can you, command, can you say right? that yes. again? <laughs> <clears throat> For those ladies who are listening. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, there is an exception given in that command um, that except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Now, <laughs> I used to look at this verse and go, okay, well. If we're not praying, if we, we're yeah, playing. Exactly. Well, <laughs> no, that's. Sorry. I'm going to use a tattoo, tattoo, new tattoo right there. Uh, I used to look at this verse and go, man, who is. Who is that spiritual that they would give up <laughs> sex to, to pray? And, and 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 I used to look at it like, okay, so to give it up, does this mean like I'm fasting for a couple days or a week, like in order to pray for something? And then I heard a, a message recently that gave me a different outlook on it. And they, they took the, the viewpoint that it's really easy for us to work a long day, to let things get in the way that we come home and we're just, we're done with everything. And like, let's have sex, (laughs) go to bed. (laughs) But if you're to that place, what he's saying is, listen, praying and praying together is more important important. than that physical intimacy. Yeah. So take that for what it's worth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also, Also something, you know, as far as, things to do together. Um, it's just bearing one another's burdens. And I think at least in, in our, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, tight knit unity groups, community groups, whatever you want to call them. Um, I think that's something that is done rather well. Um, even, even if just, uh, you know, you're on a text thread. You have a group of friends that sure. you're, you know, hey, I'm struggling with this today or whatever, or um, what, whatever it might be. Like that's, that is a unity thing. Um, 
and I know so many people that would argue against, uh, you know, oh, all we do is communicate through um, means of, of cell phone. And so we, you know, these ty- are types of things that need to be done in person. Well, guess what? We live also live in a society where opportunities to uh, see each other in person are a lot more limited than a tight knit community where right. you have to, you know, the moment you step outside of your little stone hut, there's somebody uh-huh. else right there, you know? And so, uh, so I think you need to use whatever means possible and, uh, not to the neglect of in-person right. meeting, but yeah. no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Use and it it's to just, our benefit. it's just, you know, reiterated in Galatians. Um, yeah. It, so following uh, bearing one another's burdens is commands to comfort and encourage one another. Uh, in 1 Thessalonians 4.18, it says, encourage one another. And in 5.11, it says, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. Um, so that was, I think the just as you are doing was, was for the Thessalonians, and I hope for us, <laughs> that yeah. we're doing a good job at it. Um, but to encourage one another, build, you know, bear one another's burdens, encourage one another, and part of both of those can be this next one. Do not lie to one another, but speak truth. Because in bearing one another's burdens, if, if, you, if it's your fault, <laughs> because you sure, like, yeah. I want someone to tell me it's my fault. Yeah. Like, get off your high horse and, and change your ways. Sure. You know, that's part, and that's, I think that's just as encouraging to me. So, uh, so a different way to kind of look at this, even, you know, seeing here, um, when it, when it's talking about, uh, not lying to one another, speaking truth to one another, Ephesians four twenty five says, therefore, having put away falsehood, um, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. <clears throat> so what, what this is getting at is it's not necessarily saying, um, air out all your dirty laundry. Right. Right. And so, um, even times, you know, with, with my wife and I, um, you know, there are things that she struggles with, things that I struggle with. And sometimes, um, like she doesn't want me, (laughs) she, she doesn't want me to tell her every time (laughs) that I, I notice some tight pants, you know? Right. (laughs) Uh, because, that would then turn into a stumbling block for her because now she's going to start feeding herself these lies about, you know, her insecurity. Yeah, sure. And so we don't want to do that either. Um, so again, it's not necessarily, um, think think of the parable, uh, or, or the phrase here, don't cast your pearls before swine. Yeah. 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 Like there's a time and place to, to confess to one another. Sure. We should have that accountability. But they don't need to know everything yeah, or, or, or trans- every detail. Yeah, complete transparency is is yeah. and being aware a little of, bit too much sometimes. <laughs> and being aware of who you're confessing to. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not going to confess stuff to someone who I know is going to turn around and go gossip sure. about it. Exactly. And stir people up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, absolutely. They, they, stir, the next, that, they yeah. stir them up negatively <laughs> right. as opposed to... Number seven here, it says to, to stir up one another to love and good works. So Hebrews 10, 24 says to let us consider. So we're giving thought to this. Mm. It's not just happening, but we're intentional with it. Let us 
consider how to stir one another up to love and good works? How do I encourage somebody to walk, continue to walk in the faith and to do the things God's asking them to do? It takes a lot of work. Yeah. And you have to know somebody, be intentional, be in their life. Number eight, teach and admonish one another. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, even looking at that teach and admonish, mm-hmm. like you have to know one another in order to teach because we learn differently, right? Um, we all we all are encouraged differently. I, I Obviously, not exactly differently, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's, you know, there's certain things that encourage you that might uh, not encourage me. You know, some people are very encouraged when they, you know, have big goals set in front of them and, and, you know, ah, yes. Okay. Now I have something to work for Someone and whatever. Else might be and overwhelmed. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, so you really, you, again, it comes back to, you need to know one another in order to do these things <laughs> because otherwise you're going to do it wrong <laughs> right? and it's not going to work. Yeah. So to teach, teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And then it also the verses Colossians three sixteen, So it says in, in all wisdom, then it jumps into some specifics it says singing Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Mm. So there, there's even a specific way here I do remember, whether you think this is corny or not, um, in a church I belonged to at one point, uh, we all, the congregation, we all turned towards each other <laughs> and sang the song. Really? As it like, obviously we're there to sing to God, but we took this verse and said, all right, well, we're going to speak these truths to sure. each other sure. of who God is and, and stuff, so... You can you can think that's corny. That's fine. No, that's, that's, that's <clears throat> interesting. It was, it was odd to me at, at the time. I bet it was. <laughs> uh, and two more here. What's the? So we need to confess sins to one another and pray for one another. So we we talked about the confession part there a little bit. Yeah, but in James five sixteen, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person has great power as it is working. You know, sometimes that even happens immediately in the midst of Of confession, confession. Mm -hmm. right? Like sometimes the only power that some of these things have is the darkness that they're being handled in, right? (laughs) Now, now this verse, um, there's a few ways to interpret this. Uh, Some people look at this and go, "This, oh, this is the reason we have priests. We're supposed to confess our sins Mm. to one another. Mm. And he's the one that, that brings you know, the pardon and healing and stuff, which I think is not the case. Um, others think that the the word healed here refers to physical healing, um, that if I confess my sins to you and you pray for me, that I will be physically healed, whereas others look at it as, um, well, if I'm confessing my sins, it's a spiritual matter, and that confessing I can receive some spiritual um, healing and forgiveness, which I would say, well— isn't, isn't Jesus the only one that can give us that, not hmm. you? So I do see, in my understanding, is, is kind of a mix because the actual word here is unclear whether it, it, it's used in Scripture for both um, physical healings and it's used for talking about our spiritual healing and restoration with sure. God. 
And so what you were getting at was kind of the spiritual side of things. Like in the moment we feel like the oppression being lifted off. Right. And, and the, the weight being lifted. I would say that is spiritual healing. Not in like my, I have my salvation now, but there is the chains are being broken, you know, sort of thing. Sure. As I confess my sins to somebody, as we receive prayer. But there's absolutely times where physical healing happens when you confess sins also. Well, and I think, you know, one of the ways in which this works in each one of those thought processes Mm -hmm. in a way is the heart behind the action. Because, you know, if you're, if you're just methodically uh, confessing a sin to someone, right. And there's no heart behind it as a, as a true, um, turning away from as, as a, as a true repentance, um, <clears throat> then you're, you're not going to, you're not going to see healing there, whether it's spiritual or physical or whatever. And, um, and again, that healing is not coming through that person. Um, but through Jesus Christ, um, in that person necessarily. Right. Uh, so it's drawing in this community sense for one another when you're confessing a sin to yeah. someone. Um, and if Christ is in the midst of our community, then that it does work, if that makes sense. Absolutely, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Last one here, um, standalone command here, to be hospitable to one another. I guess you could tie this into humility or, or love or, or unity. First Peter four nine says to show hospitality to one another without grumbling, without <sighs> grumbling. <laughs> this is something. So this is something I've struggled with recently, just because I've been like, I I couldn't even tell you why, but I have become extremely exhausted. Yeah. In points of hospitality, so like I've. I think I've become more of a recluse and uh, homebody and anytime there's uh, something going on where there's other people, it's exhausting to me. So there's some grumbling going on <laughs> a little bit, not because it has nothing to do. Like I, I genuinely love to be with other people uh, and I don't like to be alone, but sometimes there's, work and and in a level of effort involved that it's it's exhausting and I'm I'm struggling with uh some grumbling there in that aspect. Interestingly enough, I feel like I've the exact opposite in the last couple of months. <laughs> like that's where I've always been. Like I'm an sure. in, an introvert like <laughs> introverted I love, in I, nature. I right. I love people. I talk to people. I'm outgoing, but I get my energy and I get recharged when I get my time alone afterwards and now I'm ready to go back out. And, sure. and, and so just in the last couple of months, God, I feel like has, has given me grace in this area and maybe given me a, a, a gift of hospitality where I think I'm just as charged being around people now yeah. than I, I was, which is <laughs> like, I, th- I think we just switched spots. <laughs> maybe we did here. <laughs> I don't know how to, how to maybe work that out did. here. Uh, uh. I would still say I would still maintain yeah. that I I recharge 
um, with other people, not okay. myself, but that other people is one person and that's my wife. Right. <laughs> like, sure. Like uh, you are one. So that's tip actually. Yeah. By yeah. I'll, I'll still be exhausted <laughs> if I'm, if I'm, if it's just all, me and me alone, like I, I need to, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. And some, <laughs> and then sometimes I grumble because the kids didn't go to bed on time or they got up out of bed and they came downstairs to ask a question. And I'm like, this is my time. Yeah, get away. <laughs> so. That was really dark in this microphone <laughs> very deep <sighs> yeah anyway all right so uh in closing i guess i mean that was the last of the the other commands here we've looked at 28 um topics loving one another be at peace with one another over the last couple of podcasts we've actually i think we've read each verse so we've looked at 51 of the 100 commands i just encourage you go back listen to these and Try, pray that you can accomplish these in God's spirit. That's it for today's episode. We thank you for listening. And if you liked what you heard, please hit that like button, share, and subscribe. And we would also appreciate a good five-star review. And most importantly, if you find yourself in the Gladwin area... We'd love to have you join us. Every second Saturday of the month, we have a men's breakfast at the 963 building on North M18 at 730 in the morning.